Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 72. We can spend a lot of time thinking about and concentrating on the wrong things. Jesus addresses this common problem in our text today. You know, we can spend a lot of time worrying about things that will never happen. We can get easily distracted. We can get sidetracked. Yeah, Jesus addresses this today. He called it learning how to stay awake. That was the way that that was the language that he would use is staying awake. So what we're going to do today is we're looking at a passage in Matthew 24. Now it's called the Gospel of Matthew, which means, and the word gospel means good news. And if you read Matthew 24, the whole thing, you wouldn't necessarily think it was good news. Because <laughs> the whole chapter is about the end of the world. The entire chapter of Matthew 24 is about the end of the world, the apocalypse. Now, the apocalypse, the end of the world, has captured people's attention for thousands of years. You know, people are curious, you know, uh, what will the end be like? Or when will it be? And in this little section that we're going to be looking at, we're just going to be taking a paragraph. In this little section that we're looking at, Jesus gives one piece of spiritual advice and wisdom to his students who are asking the question, when will the end of the age come? So this is what they're asking them. We want to know when's the end of the age? When, when will this all end? And he answers by saying, nobody knows the day nor the hour when the world will end. I don't know. The angels in heaven don't know. Only my father knows. Only God knows. So knowing dates and times won't help anything. But what will help you living today and what will help every generation following you is this. And it's, in, it's just verse 42. Keep awake. Stay awake. And when he's speaking about staying awake, he's talking about a spiritual alertness. So he says, I'll just read the, I'll read the, the, para, the paragraph to you. He says, keep awake because you don't know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, and this is like a little parable. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and he would not have let his house be broken into. So there's the little sort of parable there. So whatever, whatever it means fully, I mean, he's talking about being prepared, isn't, isn't he? He's talking about being ready. He's talking about being not caught off guard. Now, let me just uh, mention something here about end of the world passages, because we might find end of the world passages, we might find them alarming, or we might find them of no relevance at all, or we might find them confusing. I mean, it depends a lot on if you have any church background, if you've ever uh, done any reading on this kind of stuff. But I would like to add that set in the context of the first listeners. Now, this is called 
apocalyptic literature, and it's a it's a particular style of writing. It's very symbolic. It's very dramatic. It was very common in those days, and it wasn't nearly as confusing to the first listeners as it is to us. Like, if you read the book of Revelation, it would be very confusing for, for you. I mean, it is for me. If you look, that's the last book in the New Testament. If you ever just flip to the, open a couple pages and you start to read it, two or three paragraphs down, you're thinking, what in the world is this about? Well, it's a particular type of literature. And it's filled with a lot of symbols and codes. And if you don't know the symbols and codes, you can, you can get confused. But the first listeners were well-versed in this kind of literature. And it was meant to bring hope to discouraged, downhearted people. Because, you know, the, the first listeners were suffering. You know, Jesus had come, he had done his the teaching, there had been the crucifixion, there had been the resurrection, and then the disciples gathered together, the students gathered together, and well, it looks like everything's just kind of going on, same as usual. The world's still violent, there's still a lot of suffering, Caesar's still in power. We're getting thrown to the lion's den here, what's going on? I thought there was going to be peace on earth. Um, so God's timing, obviously, was very different from the first believers. They thought that the end was going to be ushered in, like, tomorrow. And it wasn't happening. And so they're starting to get discouraged. And uh, so many of these passages speak to this discouragement, which is basically saying to these first followers, you know, God keeps God's promises. The timing might be different than what you had hoped for, but God keeps God's promises, so stay awake, keep alert, pay attention to the right things, or you can miss out. It's kind of a warning of sorts, because he gives an example, he goes on to say, stay awake, he's talking about the spiritual alertness, stay awake because, for as in the days of Noah were, so will the coming of the Son of Man. Now, the Son of Man was the way that he was a self, that was the way that he uh, is the name for Jesus used that name for himself. He called himself the Son of Man. So he says, uh, For as the days of nowhere, this is verse 37, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now we don't know much too much about Noah, chances are. Not that much. I mean, when was the last time you read it? Um but basically, Noah, he was, a, he was a preacher. He was a preacher of righteousness, the scripture tells us. He did what was true and right and good among the people. Nobody paid any attention to Noah's warnings with disastrous results because they're all spiritually asleep. I mean, this is actually kind of a common thing. It, you know, we, we experience this all the time. Um, for example, simple things like our scientists tell us all the time that there's not going to be an Earth unless there's some changes, right? Our scientists are worried about this. So we're warned about this all the time. Some people listen. Some people don't. So even if you have the knowledge, and even if you're given warnings about something, I mean, if you'd rather not deal with it, you can put it to the side and you can forget it. And the ancient peoples were exactly the same as us. 
So, in Noah's day, there's this warning of a flood. People are eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. They're living their lives until the day of Noah. Noah entered the ark and the flood came and swept them all away. Nobody paid any attention. And then it's too late. In other words, there's a point where you can't make any more changes because there's no more chances because it's the end of something. So keep awake and pay attention so that you don't end up getting swept away like the neighbours of Noah who paid no attention to what was happening. Now, I'm not talking about literally being swept away in a flood. I'm, I'm talking more in terms of symbolic language here. But it's still that, that whole idea that uh, it, it's possible to live in such a, a way that we pay attention to the wrong things. Right? Much of the time, people live in the past or the future. Right? Unless you have a dog who actually lives in the present. No, children do too. Tiny wee ones live in the present too. But the present moment is most, is, is the most difficult place to actually be. And, and, and let, me, let me read from the wonderful author, Barbara Brown Taylor. This is from a, this is just a little excerpt from her uh, essay, Expecting the Second Coming. It's from the Christian Century. She says, The present moment is just too slippery for most of us to hang on to. Hard as we try, we tend to slide off into what happened yesterday or what we have to do an hour from now. And whether our problem is a preoccupation with the future or a disillusionment with the past, the end result is that very few of us live our lives while they are actually happening to us. Isn't that interesting? Big part of Jesus' teaching is learning how to live with what is present. I mean, our reality, our lives at the moment. You know, the future... Living in the future isn't staying awake. It's, it's daydreaming. It's, it's daydreaming. I mean, yes, it's necessary to plan. And yes, it's necessary to prepare. Actually, Jesus has some good teachings on oh, the wisdom of preparation. Um, but, you know, when our thoughts of the future move into anxiety, and when they move into fear or when they move into worst-case scenario type of thinking, it's no longer helpful. It's just no longer helpful, Jesus says. That's, that's not helpful. Don't worry about tomorrow, he said. Give your attention to what is God's doing today. Don't get all worked up about what may happen or what may not happen tomorrow. Why? Because God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when the time comes. Now, this is just, <laughs> this is just the fact. We've all experienced this. Um, we don't get help in advance we just it doesn't work that way in our spiritual lives in our emotional life in our life with God it doesn't work that way when we go through a difficult time God meets us in that time but it's not like God comes along and says okay I'm going to give you what you need uh, to deal with this difficult possibility that might happen in six months time it doesn't work that way so Actually, living in the moment, this is really a spiritual practice. 
and, and, and it's a necessary thing to learn, not just for ourselves, but also for children. I mean, I think we need helpful practices that we can pass on to children because anxious kids grow into anxious adults. Yeah, and it was the same in Jesus' day. We have different things to worry about, perhaps. But nonetheless, it's an anxious age. And, and to practice being awake, I'm here, I'm right now. I'm not a year from now. I'm not two months from now. And the same goes for the past. Same goes for the past. You know, somebody once said, all unforgiveness is living in the past. Or Jesus said, no, nobody, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. Meaning, don't get stuck in the past. Don't get stuck in the past. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Why? Well, you know, if you're looking back with thanksgiving and gratitude, that's good. Right? So, with the past... Yes, it's good to look back and deal with trauma. Because this isn't talking about minimizing pain. Jesus is talking about living in such a way that leads to internal freedom. I mean, it's not about denial of anything. But if we're all caught up in the regret of the past, or if we're all caught up in the guilt of the past, or if we get caught up in the unforgiveness of the past, or the griefs, or the hurts, or the disappointments, or the longing of, oh, it was so much better then. And See, all these things steal our joy today. And we end up living in a space that's gone. And we're missing what God is doing in our lives today. Jesus said that's like being asleep. And we can cut ourselves off from what God is actually doing today. So it seems like there's a line between working through the hurts and the mistakes of the past, looking at them, learning from them, you know, feeling the grief, feeling the anger, the abandonment, the pain, all these things, but not hanging around there so long that we can no longer find joy in the present. Because we can get stuck in pain or we can get stuck in hurt. And much of spiritual health seems to be this balancing act. It's a, it's a pulling back to this moment, to, to what is, and what our lives are today. Jesus called that staying awake. Now, staying awake, it doesn't magically take care of all of our problems. It doesn't do that, right? Because what if the present happens to be a really painful present? Or what if our present happens to be overly challenging or difficult. It doesn't take that pain away, does it? No, it doesn't. But this is the place where God meets us. This is, God doesn't meet us in the past. God doesn't meet us in the future. God meets us in the present. See, that's why the present is so important. This is the place you get. This is the place where it's the present moment that you get insight or a new perspective. You know, it's, it's the present, your present life, what you're dealing with right at this moment. This is the place, you know, you finally make a decision you've been struggling with. 
or you, you know that this is the path you need to take, or this is the moment you decide to forgive or to let go or to make an important change. See, this is how the Spirit of God works in our lives. It's all about insight. It's about a new perspective, a change of mind. It's about clarity. It's to see clearly. You know, people sometimes say, you know, well, God never speaks to me. It's not so much that God doesn't speak to us. God's speaking all the time. I think God speaks. I think it's more that we need to learn a new way of listening. So, I mean, I would say that a new insight, a new perspective, a change of mind, clarity, I think that's God speaking and God doing. But this can only happen when we're awake, as in paying attention, as Jesus is teaching here. We're not way back in the past. We're not way up ahead of the future. We're here right now. In fact, I think that's a good prayer. So a prayer I use a lot. Help me to see things from your perspective, God. Help me to see things from your perspective. Because our own seeing is so limited, it's so narrow, it's so restricted. Most of us need help staying awake to the right things. I mean, think how much time we've spent on worrying about something that might never happen. Or investing in a relationship that ended up being nothing but a disappointment, right? Or choosing a job that never really suited us. We can invest enormous amounts of energy concentrating on the wrong things, on the wrong people, on the wrong projects, and and we can miss what God has for us. There's the heart cry. I think this is the heart cry of this passage. Help me, help me to pay attention to the right things. Open my eyes, awaken me to what's truly important. Whatever it is we're struggling with, whatever it is we're trying to figure out, it's like, God, help me to see what's truly important. Well, thank you for joining me as we look at the wisdom of Jesus for the 21st century. Join with me again next week for another episode.